expect it to happen. Brother Herring, we are so glad you're here. And you know that I want you just to take your liberty when you're behind this pulpit. There's no fetters on you. You obey the Holy Ghost and do what you feel. We love you. God bless you. So glad that you're here. Praise the Lord, everyone. I am so glad that Elder's home. Get to fellowship a little bit with him. Man. Praise the Lord, him and Sister Riggin. We do appreciate and love them. Love this church. Man. You know, that old, uh, that old devil will tell you that you're never going to get the Holy Ghost. He'll tell you you're not worthy to lift your hands. You're not worthy to pray. You're never going to get it. And you begin to believe that. And you set service after service, all the while God's trying to get you to a place where he can do something for you. Don't let that be like that today. Praise the Lord, because that old enemy's been talking to you, and he's kept you in that place that you're at all this time. But today's the day that you come out of that lie and say, okay, God, I'm coming to you. I know you can do it. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, the promise of the Holy Ghost is yours. So what doth hinder you from getting the Holy Ghost? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you've got a Bible, I'm going to read the same scripture that Brother Jared read. <laughs> I'm going to preach on it for just a little bit. Psalms 103, verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgetteth all thine iniquity, who healeth all thy diseases. Did you hear that? Who healeth all our diseases. Amen. Praise God. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with love and kindness and tender mercy, who satisfy thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. O oh God of heaven, thank you so much this morning for the word. Thank you for what we feel here today, God. For we know that you're going to move for us today, God. All of our confidence is in you this morning, Jesus. And we'll give you all the praise, the thanks, and the glory. Would you put your Bibles down and would you raise your hands one more time? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. Praise God. Let's just respond to what we're feeling right now for a few minutes. We don't have to be in no hurry. Come on, church. Amen. Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. I, uh, I'd like to preach a little bit this morning. You got faith for this. You got faith for this. Now, David, he's speaking to his own soul. He's talking to everything within inside of himself. And he begins to speak to that inner man. 
You know, sometimes we got to talk to ourselves. Sometimes we got to say, you know what? It's going to be all right. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we just got to say, you know what? I might be at the thick of it, uh, but it's going to be okay. Uh, God's on my side. What do you say when you talk to yourself? Amen. I'm reminded of a time when, oh, David, he made a mistake. He, he praised God, him and his men, and went out to battle, and they left the women and the children there all by themselves, and he returned, and he found that everything's destroyed. Everything's gone. His fellowship. Come on, everything, his children. Everything's gone. Amen. He begins to point, and people begin to point their fingers at David. That's usually how it is. Everybody begins to point their finger at the leader, don't they? When they need to look in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? It's not him. It's me. Praise God. These are the very men that said, David, don't worry about it. We'll be with you to the very end. But friend, when just a little bit of something begin to take place and, and they begin to lose their families and, and their children, so they thought, praise God, uh, they begin to point their finger and, and begin to talk trash to their leader. There's not one of us sitting here today that's not made some grave mistakes. We've got regret. Regret's natural. When you think of it, regret's a good thing. Come on. If you don't feel regret, come on, it's sort of like pain. We tend to look at pain as a negative thing, but pain tells us something's wrong with us. So it could be a good thing, praise God. It drives you to, come on now, uh, pain says something's wrong, and pain gets our attention. It drives us to want to change. Hunger is a pain. It's un oh my God, come on now. It's unpleasant. Pain, some good, some bad. Danger comes to you and I when we don't have a hunger. It's that God-given signal. Praise God in the Bible. It says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We've got, come on, it's got to be deep down inside of us. You're not going to move until you're pained about it. When you get hungry enough, pain enough, then you'll do something about it. God gave us the ability to feel pain, but God has no intention of us living in it. God gave us the ability to feel remorse. Or regret, but he has no intention of you living there. Regret is the gift to the soul, as pain is the gift to the flesh. Amen. But its pain is designed for to serve as a temporary purpose. God does not intend for us to wall around in it and take up residency there. Amen. God does not want you to feel it any longer than necessary so he can deal with it. 
if you allow him, praise God, God's not going to push yourself on it. But when you say, hey, God, I need a little relief. Uh, I know where the relief valve comes from. It comes from him. Uh, he says, okay, that's all I needed to know. Uh, you've been trying to do it your way, uh, and you're not getting nowhere. It's doing it your way. Uh, but now you're crying for help. Uh, and I come on, and he comes on the scene, uh, and he begins to help you uh, in that area you need help in. Uh, Come on, that's how it is today. Uh, he's come this morning uh, that you can have life uh, and life more abundantly. Uh, you don't have to stay uh, in that lonely place uh, that you've been residing in uh, any longer today. Uh, God said, come to me. Uh, I'll give you the rest. Uh, I'll fill you. not sing one part of the song I'm trading my sorrow I'm trading my shame I'm trading my sickness I'm trading my pain for the joy of the Lord amen you know in, in 1 Samuel 30 old David had a reason to feel regret he began to blame himself for what happened what was worse everybody else friend of mine was blaming him for what happened as well there's been many of us there. You know, sometimes friends and family can be shrewd to your shame. They're the closest to you. They know the story. Hello. Often friends are, are less forgiving. And it might be natural. Because it's family and friends that feel the pain of your sin. In your life. But unfortunately we tend to speak words of condemnation. Instead of words of encouragement. Jesus did not come to condemn. For God sent his son into the world. Come on. Come on now. That the world could be saved through him. Jesus spoke. He spoke more harshly about sin than anybody. But he didn't condemn. Condemnation focuses more on how bad the person is as opposed to how bad the sin is. Amen? Condemnation causes a healthy regret turned to uh, unhealthy shame. For the scripture said, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Come on, praise God. Jesus came to give us a far different message. He says, I know what I placed in you. I see the potential in your life, uh, and I want to deal uh, with the sin uh, so that you can become uh, what I plan you to be. Oh, come on, somebody reach out to the Holy Ghost. What we need in this hour that we're in, we need to find a little place we can talk to ourselves. And have a little talk with Jesus. We pray, but we need to pray prayers. I said, we pray. Come on, church, I know you pray. But somebody needs to pray some prayers. Somebody needs to start praying some prayers. Come on, somebody. That's the truth. We all know how to pray. But we need to pray some prayers. We need to find a place where we can talk to ourselves. Where nobody else is encouraging us. 
We need to be like David and encourage ourselves. Fortunately, David found a solution even when nobody else, nobody else was encouraging him. When everybody had stopped talking to him, when everybody started pointing their fingers, come on at him. When everybody got mad at him, as a matter of fact, they were talking about stoning him. David began to encourage himself in the Lord, amen. I can imagine old David found him a quiet corner in probably some old burnout building there in the city. And he began to talk to himself. Uh, and now I'm not sure what he said uh, that terrible day on Ziglag. Uh, but I can imagine it was something like he wrote uh, in Psalms 103. Uh, oh, so uh, bless the Lord. Uh, don't forget his benefits. Uh, he forgives you. Uh, he heals you. Uh, he loves you. Uh, he gives you what you need to make it. Uh, my God, uh, you're with me. When everybody else is gone, uh, you're still there. What do you say when you talk to yourself? Jesus, you're with me. When you're at your lowest, when everything has gone wrong, when you feel like you're all by yourself, do you say, oh, so bless the Lord? And forget not all his benefits. Uh, for he heals you. Uh, he loves you. He gives you what you need to make it. Uh. How can we live and move and have our being? It's because Jesus is with me. Encourage yourself and say, Jesus is with me. What do you say when you talk to yourself? You know, in the book of Deuteronomy, we find Moses ready to give the blessing to each of the tribes. And he begins to feel the need to reinforce his nation how great God really is. And, and soon he begins to speak and he finds, him have, he finds himself having a difficult time uh, talking about the awesomeness and the heavenly creator with a human mouth. And those were some of the last words that he wrote. And this man, this man of God, friend of mine, in his last breath magnified both the God of Israel and the Israel of the God. Come on, somebody. Praise God. No matter how high you ascend, uh, you'll find God uh, in higher places. Uh, come on now. You, you may have come to the conclusion that God only resides in the high places and the mountain experiences. I've had a lot of valley experiences. I've had a lot of low spots in, in my life. I, I have, Elder. I've had lots of low spots, but I always found God to be there. You know, you, you think about where Noah landed at, and, and you think about how where Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal, and and, and where Moses received the commission for the burning bush, and that we could just go on and on and on, and and all these are high lofty experiences. But Moses, he he grabbed the gear shifter and he began to change directions. Uh, and friend of mine, he realized that not everybody's going to have a mountaintop experience. Not everybody in the church, friend of mine, uh, is going to be on the high. So come on now, on the high rung uh, at the ladder, all at the same time. Uh, but there's going to be those friend of mine that's down in the valley, uh, and it's going to be those friend of mine. Uh, that's battling and thinking uh, they're never going to come out of the battle uh, but I want you to know friend of mine uh, the word underneath uh, is translated uh, meaning the bottom of uh, so it don't matter how deep you get uh, it don't matter how far you sink uh, it, oh come on friend it don't matter how high you climb uh, God's uh, at the bottom 
God's at the bottom of it. Come on, tell yourself, God's at the bottom of it. He's at the bottom of what you're going through today. Well, God, I don't feel you. Come on. God, I don't feel you. Well, he's still at the bottom of it. Moses declared to us today that not only is God going to be at the top of everything, but he's going to be at the bottom of everything. So what do I say when I encourage myself? I may fall, but I won't fall through. I may be at the bottom, but I've got a God uh, that's a refuge uh, at the bottom of everything, uh, his everlasting arms. Uh, The next time you feel like giving up, uh, come on, friend of mine, uh, and you feel like you're a failure uh, and you can't get no further, uh, remember God's at the bottom of it. Uh, He's right there for you uh, when you feel like you've gone uh, as far as you can go, uh, when you feel like you can't make uh, another day, uh, when you feel like you're in despair. uh, Come on, in the depths of despair, uh, in depression. Say, God, you're right there. You're at the bottom of all this. You're at the bottom of all that, God. I know my God's around here somewhere because he's a God of bottom of the bottom of it all. I'm glad I got a kind of God like that. Aren't you? What do you say when you're talking to yourself? Romans says, for by the grace, by the grace given me, I ask every one of you not to think of yourselves more highly than you should think. Amen? Hello, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in the measure of faith that God assigned to each one. You know, we say all the time, we lucid faith in the church and all that, but the Bible says faith come by hearing, by hearing the word. So when the word's going forth, faith's already here. All you got to do is just operate on what God gives you. Come on. So, so many times, come on, that, that's a problem. So many times, friend of mine, the faith's already here. And God just said, man, if they would just operate on what I give them, if they just begin, come on, and get rid of their doubts and their disbelief and believing that God's not going to do it, say, God, I know you're going to do it. Because, God, you're at the bottom of all this. I know that it's going to happen. Come on, I know I'm going to be healed. Uh, I know I'm going to be delivered. Uh, I know I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. Uh, you just got to operate on your faith this morning. God, give it to you. Uh, it's yours. Uh, nobody can take it away from you. Uh, he give, Come on, he give you enough faith uh, to get through everything uh, that you're going to go through uh, in this life. Uh, but you just got to use uh, what it gives. Oh, come on, somebody. Praise God. Man, I'm glad that God gave me that measure of faith for whatever I'm going through. My faith is going to take me through. Oh, I know so many times it feels like faith evaded us and it's gone, it's vanished. But it's still there. He give it to you. It's still there. He give it to you. The enemy can't take it away from you. at Calvary. Amen. Look, you fight more than anything is religion. You fight more religion around here than anything. 
Praise the Lord. We got an eye on the enemy. Praise the Lord. We know his tactics. Praise the Lord. He's not changed his tactics. They're still the same. They've never changed. If he can't get you in your mind, then he gets you in all these other places. Amen. But once you get a once you get the spotlight on him, you know exactly, friend of mine, where he's at. And you got enough faith to get beyond all this. Now faith is the thing. Now faith is the thing hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Your faith sees it before you see it. I said, your faith sees a healing before you see it. As far as God's concerned, when you ask, it's already been done. Come on, friend of mine. I said, it's already been done. He said, the healing's already taking place. You just got to receive the healing. Come on, friend. You just got to receive it. Come on, you already been delivered, but you got to realize you've been delivered. You already been set free, but you got to realize I'm free. Oh, come on, somebody. Praise him a second. When I talk to myself, Jesus knew how important faith would be not only for for us, but for his disciples also. Jesus said in Luke, and he said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I pray for thee that thy faith fail not. That your faith fail not. Praise God. And when thou art converted, strengthen thine brethren. Praise God. Tell them, hey, you got enough faith. You got enough. Jesus realized that he had prayed for Peter. You, you think that Jesus would pray what he was the most important thing for him. He did. He prayed that his faith would fail not. Amen. Even if everything is falling apart, even if he's lost his dignity, if he had faith, he's going to be back. If we could stand like Peter and tell the devil, you tried to sift me. Come on, you take it from me. But as long as I've got faith, I'm coming back. Let me tell you, God knows and sees the end from the beginning. He knows what he put in you. He knows, friend of mine, what you got. He knows the potential that's in each and every one of us here today. Uh, come on, he's just waiting for you to use uh, what he's given you. Uh, come on, stop letting it lie dormant and say, God, I'm beginning up to use uh, the very thing you've given me. It's been lying dormant uh, long enough. Remember the former things of old? For I am God, there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Praise God. My God sees and knows it all. He's that unseen guest at every dinner table and every conversation. Makes you think, doesn't it? Praise God. Amen. Amen. God sees it all. He knows it all. You cannot catch God by surprise. You're not going to catch it by surprise. God knows what you're going through today. 
a friend of mine, and he knew what you went through yesterday and the day before that, and the day before that. Praise God. Why don't we just forget about what's happened in years past? Why don't we get rid of that right now? Why don't we get that, why don't we wipe that out of our minds and say, you know what, God, I'm getting up and I'm going forward this day forth. Come on, I've been lagging behind, God, but you called me to go forward. You did call me to retreat, God, but you called me to get up and go forward and go get what you've promised. Come on, this church. But somebody's, come on, somebody's got to say, you know what, God, you're talking to me. I've sat long enough. Uh, I've used excuses long enough. Uh, praise God. I've let my condition uh, and my circumstance dictate uh, how I respond. Uh, but God, that stops today. Uh, I'm getting up from my cot of ease uh, and my complaint. Uh, and I'm going forward uh, in what you got for me uh, in the church. Praise God. When it comes time to issue out faith, you have enough faith for every necessary and unnecessary thing you're going to go through. God gave you faith for whatever you need. When it comes time, and I encourage myself, I say, God, I've got faith for this. Amen. I told you about the story how I feel like my faith got wounded when my brother died and I, and I just knew God was going to heal him and, and, and another time I'd come home I'd go and spend as many days as I could with him but I knew that God didn't intervene and he wasn't going to be with us very long and I wanted to spend every moment I could with him. He was my best friend and uh, man when he died I just couldn't understand he kept asking me, he said, Brother God, for a healing ring? I said, yes. I said, sure, you got faith. I said, I never seen anybody that had faith like you and that prayed and fasted like you. I said, yes, God's going to heal you. And man, when he passed away, it just, man, it was like the bottoms of my feet were blew off. I just couldn't understand. And, and I left there and I went to that meeting and I, and I told you that God pointed out three women to me and they told me exactly what was wrong with all three of them. But I, I was scared to death to call them out, Elder, because I was scared I'd have enough faith when I prayed for them that they would be healed. My faith was wounded. Actually, my faith was okay. It wasn't, it was me. It was me. I thought it was my faith, but all along it wasn't my faith. It was just me. And man, when I was in that old barn out there wallowing around on the floor, squalling and crying and, and trying to get a hold of God and all these questions I had for him, and he said, look, Mike, he said, I get glory out of death, too. I begin to get a different perspective. And then the next thing he spoke to me, he said, I healed him. But not like you wanted him healed. He healed. But you wanted the flesh healed, but I healed him. Man, I got a different perspective about God that day and my faith. And I said, you know what, God? It wasn't my faith. It was me all along. And I began to repent. And I squalled and cried and laid on that old floor out there in that old barn, man, until I felt like I got victory. And I'm telling you, when I went to my next revival, I seen God do miracles that I never seen him do before. 
Come on, there wasn't nothing wrong with my faith. It was Mike Herring. Come on, sometimes some, you blame it on your faith. I don't have faith for this. Yes, you do. You let yourself get in the way of what God's trying to do in your life. Friend of mine, it's just you. You've got to tell yourself, I do got faith. It's me. It's me. It's me, God. Cause yourself, blame yourself because your children weren't living for God. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I've talked to myself so many times about my boys, Brother Wiggum. And God told me, he said, it's not your fault. They're grown. They got a mind of their own. And I've asked God, God, where did I go wrong? He said, you didn't. You did the right thing. You brought them to church. They heard you pray. They knew you prayed. They heard you calling their name. He just went right down the line with me. But so many times we pin that fault on us. It's not our fault. Now, if you don't bring your kids to church, praise God, let God convert them. Come on. And they get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. It is your fault. But when you bring them to church and you did all that you know to do, and they go wayward, that's not your fault. The old enemy, he's quick to put pin that on us. Your fault. No, it's not. Stop blaming yourself for something that you haven't done. I said stop blaming yourself for something you have not done. Come on, somebody reach out for the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost today. Brother Seth, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Man, God's trying to talk to somebody today. Come on, when I'm going through the trials of life, I just say, God, I've got faith for this. God, I've got faith for this. God, I've got faith for this. Elder would not have a work in Africa and all the, all the things that he's went through. And I know he's had his share of things that he went through with that work. But if he had not had faith... There would not be no work over there in Africa today. It's his faith that's kept him going. Come on, somebody. But his faith says, come on, you can and you will. Come on, you will persevere. Come on, there will be a work there. Come on, I will pour my spirit out. Uh, I will do what I told you I would do. Uh, come on, friend. Uh, he's just activating his faith. Uh, God sent to this church today. Why don't you activate your faith uh, in me? Before you was even born, your comings in, your goings out. He gave every one of us a measure of faith. It's already been put in. It's already there. So when I encourage myself and I say to myself, don't look at your situation and say, I wish I had faith for this. No, look at your situation and say, I've got faith for this. That's what I'm preaching to you this morning. I've got faith for this. He's already put it in me. already got it. Uh, come on. Come on, when God speaks his word in your life, 
You can be like David. Get up and go do it. Get up and pursue it. Get up and get your house back. Come on, I'm getting ready to close. Get up and get your family back. Come on, how much longer are we going to let the enemy have them? Come on. How much more longer are you going to, come on, let the enemy have those that God's promised the church? Somebody's got to get up and activate their faith. Somebody's got to get up and activate their faith and say, God, you said we could have it. God, you said we're going to have revival. God, you said you're going to fill the church up. But somebody uh, has got to activate their faith. Uh, come on and get up and do not going to happen unless you activate your faith and do something. Come on. Praise God. You know, a lot of people go through hurts. Some people hurt at home and hurt at work. and Some husband abusing their wives and wives abusing their husbands. Come on. Lying. Come on. It just goes on and on and on. Praise God. We need to encourage ourselves, church. I'm, I'm closing. I'm closing. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. God, God, God is with me. God's at the bottom of everything. Everything. God sees everything. God has given this church a measure of faith. I said, God has given this church a measure of faith. And you know what he said to this church? How long, how much more longer are you going to operate on your doubt and still your faith? Come on, the Lord just spoke that to me. He said, how much longer is this church going to operate on their doubt of what God wants to do in this assembly? How many more preachers has got to come in here and tell you that Come on, that you, you, you can have revival, that revival's here. And, and God's just waiting on you to do something. But yet we set. I said, yet we set. And we do this. Well, I was in a revival and everybody kept shoving it backwards. You know what I did, Elder? I, brought, I asked this guy, he's a farmer. I said, you got one of them big cow shovels? Where they shovel all that stuff. He said, I do. I said, bring it to me. And I set that baby right in front of the pulpit. And everybody's wondering what it's for. And I said, I know what y'all wondering. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I said, that's that shovel. Because y'all keep shoveling this message that I keep preaching to y'all backwards. And you not letting God talk to you. I said, but I got your shovel. You can't shovel this backwards no more. Come on, I got your shovel this morning. You're not going to be able to shovel this backwards no more. You're going to say, God, you spoke to me. Now, I got to get up and activate my faith, uh, and I've got to do something with what you give me, God. I've said long enough. I've said I'm depending on somebody long enough. Now, God, you can depend on me. Come on, let's all gather up around this altar this morning.